Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Church at 10, and uh, welcome if you're watching online with us online. You're very, very welcome. Uh, just uh, one notice from me, no, two notices from me, and then James has got something to say as well. Um, firstly, the church directory is there at the table on the, at the back, uh, all laid out. So Sarah's asking, please, you, you check your entry is correct. If it's not correct, just edit it. And, uh, and then that'll be produced in the next couple of weeks. Uh, also, as is in the notice sheet, the worship band is keen to encourage more singers and instrumentalists to get involved. And to that end, John Farrow and Sue Heinsohn are running a, a worship workshop on Saturday, the 10th of February at 10 o'clock till half past 12 um, for new and existing members. So if you'd like to come along to that, uh, do go. Uh, have a word with John or Sue or maybe myself. Um, before, if you'd like to know more about it. That's 10th of February in the morning. Uh, James is there. Would you like to talk about riding lights? James, you would. Wonderful. Sorry, I should have said good morning, everyone. <laughs> yes, please, the narrow road. The road begins here, Bethlehem, a town of hills. The earth is of good orange colour, fertile and fought over. A place for the word. It is a beautiful place to be born. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me. I'm not so terrifying, am I? You? No. Would you give me a drink? You're by the well. I'm thirsty. Would you Why mind? Why are you asking me for a drink? Well, it's hot. In the journey. It's hard it... on the feet, I know. We both know. What are you doing? Uh, you can't. This isn't right. If you do not let me wash your feet to do what is against the glories, the, the, the practice, the sense of this world, then you have no part of me. Then not just my feet, but my hands, head and heart as well. <laughs> <laughs> I asked him if he would take this cup from me. to hear his whispered voice tell me this did not need to be done that I did not need to die that I was to become an Isaac there is no ram in the thicket is there his will is set even as my choice lies open.
So that, that's just a short extract from The Narrow Road. Um, and it's great news that they're coming to here, Christchurch, Baston Hill, on March the 2nd um, for their only performance in, in kind of this area. Um, I, th I think um, they're, they're kind of going to lots of places all over the UK. And this is a, it's first time in about 10 years, if not longer, that they've been here. And they're a great drama company. I saw them in Coventry Cathedral um, around about eight or nine years ago. And, and they were really, really good on a kind of environmental drama there. And, and this is their passion play. Um, so you've all been given a leaflet as you came in. Um, March the 2nd, 7.30. Uh, I'd encourage everybody to come along, buy tickets for your friends, spread the news on any Facebook, social media you've got, take more leaflets and give them away. Got some posters to put up in church as well. Tickets can be purchased online um, and also uh, through Illuminate. I've got some with me this morning. If somebody's really keen to get a ticket this morning, um, I can sell them to you. Um, and Sarah will have some in the church office as well. But please come along, bring your friends along, buy tickets for your friends, and, and it should be a really, really great performance. So uh, thanks for that. It's a wonderful evangelistic opportunity as well for just kind of starting conversations. So thank you for that. Thank you, James, and uh, good morning, everyone. Gosh, I feel like I'm surrounded by cameras this morning. Can you, can you see me? Um, so a very warm welcome um, to our service today. Uh, John and Claire are going to be leading us in sung worship, and Peter um, will be preaching to us a little bit later on on the first part of the second chapter of 1 Timothy. And the theme for today's service is Jesus the Mediator. And um, Phil and James are going to be leading the children's group today, and so we'll pray for them and the children a little later on before they go out. So um, what I'd like us to do as we start our service together is to pray the opening prayer together. That is going to be on the screen. So if you could join in with the words in bold, please, that would be wonderful. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day when he can be found. God of all, breath of life, living water, saviour, friend. Come as the hungry, feed on his word. Come as the thirsty, drink of his love. Come as the faithful, worship the Lord. Amen. And we're going to worship the Lord in song now with um, two songs. So if you'd like to wave flags or anything during this, you're very, very welcome. So would you like to stand and sing?
come into the holiness and um, the splendor of God's presence, we become aware, don't we, of the ways that we let him and other people down. So if you'd like to be seated, we're going to take some time now to say sorry to God for those things. And um, there are some actions that go with our confession this morning that I'd like to invite you, however old or young you are, to join in with. Um, So what I suggest we do is if um, in the first part of each prayer, if you have your hands out in front of you and just um, perhaps be looking at your hands as I pray, and then there's an action um, that goes with the part of the confession that I'd like us to all say together, and I think that is on the screen in brackets so if we do the action with the bit involves that we pray together so let's just have a moment of quiet before we pray and have your hands out in front of you lord jesus christ you used your hands to heal to lift up to bless, to sow kindness and love. Now if we put our arms down by our sides. Forgive us when we keep our hands at our sides, when we could be reaching out in love. 
Lord Jesus Christ, you used your hands to bear the burdens of others and to feed the hungry. Now wrap your arms around yourselves. Forgive us when we use our hands to take care of ourselves without any thought for those who are hungry, lonely and overwhelmed. Lord Jesus Christ, you used your hands to welcome and to include those who were considered outcasts in the society of your time. And now if we clench our fists. Forgive us when we clench our fists and exclude people simply because they are different from us. And now let's hold our open hands out in front of us again and pray together. Lord Jesus Christ, open our hands and our hearts to love as you loved and to care as you cared. We pray this prayer in your name. Amen. Hear the good news. There is forgiveness and steadfast love with God. He saves us from all our sins. God has shown his love for us that in while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Thanks be to God. Amen. Okay, the children um, are going to go out to their groups now, group now, and they'll be coming back to join us a little later on. So um, let's just pray for them, shall we, as they go. Father God, we thank you for um, the lovely group of children that there are here this morning. And we thank you for Phil and for James, their leaders. We pray that you will be with them now as they go out to their group. We pray that they'll have fun. And we pray, Lord, that they will grow deeper in their faith and their relationship with you. May they know how much you love and care for them, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And we're going to sing again now. We're going to sing, Thank You for Saving Me. So if you'd like to either sit or stand, whatever you would prefer to do.
Amen. And now we're going to have our Bible reading, which Chris is going to come and read to us. Uh, 
Today's reading is taken from 1 Timothy 2, verses 1 to 7. It's page 1191, 1191 in the Bibles. And it's uh, Paul's first letter to Timothy. I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God, our Saviour, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. This has now been witnessed to at the proper time And for this purpose, I was appointed a herald and an apostle. I am telling the truth, I am not lying. And as a true and faithful teacher of the Gentiles. This is God's word to us. Let's pray for Peter as he comes to speak to us now. Father God, I thank you um, for Peter. I thank you that you've um, been with him this week as he's been dwelling in this passage and, and thinking about what to say to us today. And Lord, I pray that you will fill him now with your Holy Spirit, that you'll fill him with your peace. And Lord, I pray that for each of us, you will speak into our hearts. We thank you that your word is alive. And we thank you that you are a God who speaks. And Lord, I pray that you will help us to be willing to receive what it is that you want to speak into our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good morning again. The world can be a very confusing place, can't it? Uh, It's not over till it's over. Uh, I wonder if you know who said that originally. It was an American. uh, It was an American baseball coach called Yogi Berra. Not Yogi Bear, don't get confused. Um, he's an American baseball coach. He came up with some very interesting phrases. Uh, it's not over till it's over. That makes sense, doesn't it? But he came up with some phrases that really don't make sense. And he was known as uh, the master of confusion and doublespeak. I'm just going to tell you a few of the things he said. This is like deja vu all over again. You can observe a lot just by watching. You've got to be very careful if you don't know where you're going because you might not get there. I knew I was going to take the wrong train, so I left early. And this is my favourite. If you come to a fork in the road, take it. Uh, These are called malapropisms, uh, those sort of sayings. So you hope you've learned something new in church today, haven't you? Uh, They hold apparent contradictions, and yet there is an element of truth in them. 
and yet they also confuse us. We live in a world that is often confusing and leaves us quite literally sometimes scratching our head trying to work out what is the right thing to do. Another little uh, interlude before we get into scripture. A do-it-yourself catalogue firm received the following letter from one of its customers. I built a birdhouse according to your stupid plans and not only is it, is it much too big, it keeps blowing out of the tree. Signed, unhappy. The firm replied, dear unhappy, we are sorry about the mix-up. We accidentally sent you a sailboat blueprint. But if you think you are unhappy, you should read the letter from the guy who came in last in the yacht club regatta. (laughs) We can get confused in this world, can't we? That is why God's word as contained in the scriptures, is so, so important for us in our lives today as we learn each day to live like Jesus and to live in a way that honours him. And so, yes, we're continuing our look at uh, 1 Timothy, and we've so far covered chapter 1, where Paul the Apostle is writing to uh, young Christian leader Timothy in Ephesus as he's leading the church, and Paul is concerned that he leads that church well. And it's been Paul's particular concern that Timothy refutes error and holds to good teaching, as Paul puts it in chapter 1, verse 18, that you might fight the battle well. And so here, as we begin looking at chapter 2, Paul turns his attention to how the church needs to think carefully about her life of worship. Because that is the, the church's highest calling. Worship is the church's highest calling above evangelism, above mission, above discipleship, above social action, above anything else. Paul makes clear that the most important aspect of all is our prayer and our worship of the living God. So let me reread the passage. With that in mind, let me reread you the passage that we are looking at today from 1 Timothy chapter 2. Do have it open in front of you, and it'll probably be on the screen behind me. Paul says, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we might live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Saviour, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. This has now been witnessed to at the proper time. And for this purpose, I was appointed a herald and an apostle. I am telling the truth, I am not lying, and a true and faithful teacher of the Gentiles. I wonder as you heard that read or as you've read it, there's anything in that reading that you might find a bit challenging or even possibly a little bit confusing. Along the lines of asking, God, do you really mean that? Really? First, first, am I supposed to pray for kings and all those in authority? Do you notice that little, very significant word, all, in that phrase, in that sentence, in that verse? 
Does that mean that I have to pray for those in authority I simply don't like or don't agree with? Without getting too political, but I'm going to venture into politics just briefly, does that mean if Donald Trump gets re-elected at the next United States election, we'll be praying for him? Or if you are an ardent conservative voter, and if, and note I say if, Labour wins the next general election, 1 Timothy 2 verse 1 says you are to pray for Keir Starmer. But you really may not like Keir Starmer and his policies. Pray for kings and all those in authority, says St. Paul. That is what it says. This is God's inspired word. It's not given as a suggestion, it's given as a command. It doesn't say pray for the leaders that you like or that you vote for. He says pray for all those in authority. I urge them, first of all, that petitions, prayers and intercessions and thanksgiving be made for all people. There's no wriggle room in this text. If we don't agree with those who are in authority at the time, there's no wriggle room here. We are called to pray for those in authority at any given time. A question. Who was in charge of the known world at the time the New Testament was written? Not a short question. Who was in charge? The Romans. The Romans were in charge of the world, the known world, around the Mediterranean when the New Testament texts were written. The Romans, the Roman emperor had control of all that part of the world. And as I recall, the Romans weren't particularly friendly to the early church, were they? No. To put it mildly, they were not in favour of the early church. Jesus himself was crucified by the Romans. The Romans and the local despots, the, the, the local rulers around the empire, were strongly opposed to the Christian church, to the extent that Christ, Christians were brutally treated, even put to death at times because of their faith. Yes, and yet God wants us to pray for people in authority without qualification. It's quite astounding when you think about it, isn't it? God doesn't say we should only pray for those in authority with whom we agree. He says pray for the king and all those in authority. It's challenging, isn't it? It's not the only scripture that addresses this uh, topic of our responsibility, those in authority. Romans chapter 13 also teaches about what God thinks about government. I'll read uh, the first three verses of Romans 13. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right and you will be commended. That's Paul. Pointedly, he says in Romans 13:1, for those in for there is no authority except that which God has established. In other words, human authority has limits in its scope. Human authority is limited in its scope. Only God has 
absolute authority over our lives. Only God. And yet God has designed and put into place different authority over the different areas of our lives. So in our home lives, we are accountable to those in our family. In our places of work, if we are people who go to a place of work or work uh, for a living, there is accountability to a boss. In churches, there is spiritual leadership. In society, there are civil authorities. None of those authorities have a right to totally govern our lives. Only God has that supreme authority. And so submission to human authority is based on our respect for that person uh, because of the office or position they hold, as given by God. For example, if we're looking at a scriptural example, if you go back to the the Old Testament, uh, the life of David is a good example of that because he was uh, under the authority of King Saul. And Saul, as if you know that the life of David as he was growing up and and, uh, as he went towards being king, Saul treated David very unjustly many, many times, even to the point he tried to kill David on more than one occasion. And yet David still honoured Saul. 1 Samuel 24, if you want to read about it later, tells you all about that. So does that mean we can never disagree with those who are in authority? Should we not express or even encourage others to share our view if we have concerns? Thankfully, we live in a, in a democracy where we can participate, where we can air our views, where we can even put it on social media if we so choose. And yet that is why Parliament is so, so vital in our country, isn't it? Parliamentary democracy is such a vital institution. We are allowed as citizens to vote. We have the right to vote in a general election and in local elections. We are called to pray for all in authority and to cast our vote responsibly. Christians should be informed regular voters. If we aren't, we might suffer the fates of the words of Plato. Plato said this, the Greek philosopher, one of the penalties for refusing to participate in politics is that you end up being governed by your inferiors. I'll say that again. One of the penalties for refusing to participate in politics is that you end up being governed by your inferiors. Maybe we don't have to worry about that word inferiors too much. But if we're not involved, we do have to take the consequences. And there are times when even if we are involved, informed and vote regularly, the outcomes are not always to our liking. Which brings us back to the scripture for today, where we are to pray for kings and all those in authority. Yet, that is not all it says. That's the first thing I struggle with as I read it. Uh, It also, there's a purpose attached to that command. Uh, There's a command with a purpose. It's a two-pronged purpose uh, for such a prayer. First, we are to pray for kings and all those in authority so that we might live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. Nothing in this world, to me at the moment, seems to be peaceful, or very little. The news is full of tragic stories of innocent people losing their lives. Uh, Just this week, 
Uh, if you've been watching the news, you'll know that there's been the sentencing of a man who killed three totally innocent people in Nottingham in the summer of last year. According to very good sources, it is sad to say there are 32 ongoing wars or conflicts around the world right now. Millions of innocent people are being displaced as refugees. International law is being disregarded with impunity as criminal, criminal networks profit from division and violence. That is the situation the world faces right now. On February the 24th last year, the Russian Federation began a military invasion of the Ukraine, which is a conflict which is very much still ongoing. Thousands have died in a conflict with no end in sight. On October the 7th last year, the terrorist group Hamas launched a terror attack on Israel, firing thousands of missiles that killed more than 1,200 people. And then on October the 8th last year, Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu declared an all-out war against Hamas. Things are not very peaceful in the world, are they? And yet God still calls us to pray. Even if the world is far from peaceful, the church is called to pray for peace. And there's another reason for that. The second reason is found for that, to pray for those in authority, is found in these words. This is good, says Paul, this is good, and pleases God our Saviour, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. The truth is the good news that Jesus went to the cross and died in our place so that we might be forgiven of our sins. The truth is that God has made it possible for all to come to him if they choose to be forgiven by him because of Jesus. For God so loved the world, says John in his gospel. That is the reason why we should be doing our best to apply this command to our lives, to pray for those in authority. If you are a Christian here today, if you have said yes to Jesus in your heart, and you want to live for him and glorify him, you and I are called to be a people who are, who are saved, an example of people who are saved, and who live in godliness and holiness, so that the name of Christ is glorified and honoured. What is godliness? One Christian author called Woodrow Knowles said this, the key to godliness is not more knowledge, but more obedience. We are the most educated people in the church's history. We've got more facts in our head about our faith than any other generation in history. And so what he says is so true. The key to godliness is not more knowledge, but more obedience. It's about putting our faith into action. So, for example, what does that mean? For example, you're in a line of traffic. Uh, and... Uh, I know I'm guilty of this sometimes, but you're in a line of traffic and things are not going well and you're getting annoyed. Godliness is being patient and kind to others while you're stuck in traffic and obedient to the traffic rules. To be godly in business is paying the right taxes and giving the right wages to employees. Godly employees should make the most of their working hours by working hard and treating colleagues and, and customers well. Godliness is living our lives aright in all circumstances. 
But it's not about duty. It's not about, oh, well, I've got to do it because I'm a Christian. I've got to do it. It's my duty. Because we, you know, that's not what it's about. It's because we want to do it. We want to serve Christ, the one who went to the cross for us, who paid the price for us, that we might be free. The truth is we cannot control the events of the world around us. But we have control over who we are and how we live. We can live godly lives if we choose to. And who is this all for? Paul says, who is this all for? For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. So when we pray for leaders who we may or may not like, we do so because we love Jesus who is the mediator, who is the bridge between us and God, who is the bridge between us, who is sinful, and God, who is holy, between the rebellious world and a sovereign God. And so when we live in a way that is godly and when it's peaceful, we draw people nearer to knowing who the true Prince of Peace is, who is Jesus, our Saviour. That is why we can and we must Pray for our country, for our world, for our leaders. That is why we have intercessions every single Sunday. That is why we pray for situations which are both near to home and away from home in remote places around the world. Our world, our nation, is in deep disrepair. So how can we expect any change if we, the people of God, do not make it a priority to approach the throne of grace to find mercy and help in time of need? We live in confusing times. We live in troubling times. But God will help us in our confusion, and he will give us peace in our hearts as we obey his command to pray for those in authority that we might live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. Neil Martin, uh, a member of Parliament, was once giving a, a tour of the House of Parliament to a group of his constituents. And during the course of the tour, they happened to meet Lord Hailsham, the then Lord Chancellor, who was wearing all the regalia of his high office as Lord Chancellor. And Hailsham recognised Martin amongst the group and cried, Neil! Not daring to question or disobey the command, the whole group suddenly went down on their knees like that. <laughs> there may have been some confusion there, but there is no confusion in our text. It gives us very specific instructions and very specific things to pray about and people to pray for. Because God desires all people, all kings, and all those in authority to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. So let's pray now, shall we? Father God, as it were, we kneel before you and we say you are sovereign. You are King of kings and Lord of lords. You hold all authority in your hands. And Lord, as we come before you in prayer, we ask that you, Lord, would do your will. That you, Lord, would bring peace to this troubled world. And that you, Lord, would help us 
to be living examples of those who honour Christ in our lives. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thank you, Peter. Well, Peter's talked a lot this morning about praying for our leaders and praying for the world. And so it's fitting that we're going to go into a time of prayer now. So I'm going to invite um, Malcolm and Hilary up because they're going to lead us in our intercessions this morning. As part of our intercessions, Susie and Martin are going to share a little bit of what they will be doing with Reach the Unreached in Kenya, and then we will pray for them. Yes, good morning. We've just been hearing about God's desire for all men everywhere to have knowledge of the truth. And we're going out to Kenya to work with people who I guess you could call a sort of Paul's spiritual descendants who take the knowledge of the truth to parts of Kenya where people haven't heard of Jesus at all and don't know his love and his blessing. So we're going to be going out to meet with these, these wonderful Kenyan friends that we've known for some of them for over 30 years. And uh, they have done a tremendous work of taking the good news of Jesus to the most remote parts of Kenya and established well over 1,500 churches by now. And uh, yet it's time for a change in what's going on there. They're raising up younger leaders. They're establishing a, a Bible training institute. Uh, they haven't got a building for it yet, but they've started to train people uh, in that area so that, that as, as they are getting, going ahead and building it. And so we're going out to, to support them and help them and give advice and, and some training as well uh, in, in what they're doing. It's going to be a time I suppose, where the theme for us is leadership development again. We've not been out for a year. Our, our autumn trip got, well, just didn't work out. And then we discovered it had been raining all the time out in Kenya. And if we had gone, no one would have been able to come to our meetings. So <laughs> we were very glad not to go. But this time we've got the go-ahead. So we're trusting that good things will be happen happening. The first week we'll be meeting with the four main leaders, the second week with a group of trainers who will be based from the Bible Institute, and then the final week a much bigger group of senior leaders plus the first group of pastors who've been going through training at the Institute. So we're looking forward to meeting all these people and seeing what God does over that time. So if you would like to pray for us, we have an acronym from the letters of the word light, thinking about let your light shine. 
in all places for all purposes. So the first letter for light is love. And please pray that God's love would be at the centre of RTU, Reach the Unreached and the Bible Training Institute, and of our training too, of those we work with. I is for inspiration, for God to inspire each person we train with contributions that they can make to the group. One of the ways that we work with the group is always to facilitate, to ask questions, to listen, to dialogue with them, and they love it. They find that they learn a lot from us, from our conversations. G is for guidance. Ask God to show us what he wants us to do with the group each day. People often say, are you ready to go? Have you got all your teachings ready? And we have to say no, because what we've learned to do is that if we have things ready to speak, often in the context of our conversations, that's not what is on God's heart. So it's about listening to the Holy Spirit and listening to the people we're with and all sorts of things come up that we can respond to in those times. So guidance for Susie and Martin for the group work each day. H is for health, for good health throughout, for us and for those we're working with. I have difficulty in the heat, as some of you know, so that I would manage when it gets a bit hot. And for Martin's high blood pressure, which has recently been diagnosed, and by the grace of God, Martin's got some medication to go out to Kenya with. That's a little bit of a miracle that's happened this week. Hallelujah. And then T is for travel. Traveling in Kenya is not straightforward. And the rain, Martin talked about the rain. Nobody would have been able to come because they would be living where it's very muddy. And in the rain, people tend not to travel because there are all sorts of difficulties, however people are traveling. So for everyone's travel to go well and as safely as possible, with no unnecessary delays. And the same for us too, as well as all the lovely Kenyans. And thank you for your prayers. Even if there's one prayer that you pray while we're away over the next month, it makes a difference. So thank you for praying. And I know we've been able to give some of you one of these prayer cribs to take home with you. If we've missed you, or my head's not given you one for some daft reason, please don't hesitate to ask us for one. We'd love you to be praying with us. And thank you for being part of what we do out there. We can't do it without you. Thank you. So let's pray for Susie and Martin. Father God, we thank you for Susie and Martin, who willingly step out in faith and obedience to your calling with reach the unreached. Heavenly Father, you are the light of the world, and our prayers for them are reinforced and revolve around the word when spelled light, which is highlighted in their recent prayer update. L for love. Susie and Martin, May the love of the Lord Jesus surround and enable you and all the Reach the Unreached team and Bible Institute. Let the love of God be at the centre of all training sessions. I, inspiration. 
Inspire each person, Lord, that all who undertake the training will be inspired to contribute and in turn will bear much fruit. We pray for your provision for Susie and Martin and all leaders. G, guidance. May the power of your Holy Spirit guide Susie and Martin to know what you want for each group training session each day. H, for health. We ask, Heavenly Father, for good health and stamina throughout. We pray for Susie that she may adapt to the changes in temperature and especially the heat in Marimanti. And we pray for Martin, recently diagnosed with high blood pressure. T, travel. We pray for safe travel throughout for Susie and Martin and for all who will be attending the training sessions in various locations, for the logistics of traveling from one place to another and for no unnecessary delays. Go ahead of them, Lord, and prepare the way. So Susie and Martin, may the light of the Lord Jesus guide your way as you journey with him in faith. The Lord bless you both and give you peace. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. So let us continue in prayer. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you for the wise instruction Paul gave to Timothy on the importance and effectiveness of prayer. Help us to pray without ceasing at all times, to intercede for all people in spirit and in truth. Make us aware of the needs of the people around the world, in our nation, communities, and in our own personal lives. Give us a heart to pray for all people, for kings, princes, and leaders in both the political and spiritual realm. Thank you, Lord, that you are a God who hears and answers our prayers prayed in faith. Lord, we pray for our world in which there is so much suffering and strife, for world leaders, for wisdom and grace, to strive for integrity in the choices and decisions they make, which will benefit all people and honour your holy name. God our Father, we thank you for our church, family and community. We lift to you Bishop Sarah, Peter our vicar, Debbie and all our church leaders. May we, as the family of God, encourage and support them where we are able so that they can fulfil their roles you have called them to. Bless them and uphold them, Lord. Heavenly Father, there are many within our fellowship, families and community who are suffering ill health, pain 
and without complaint. Those who suffer mentally, the lonely, the isolated, and bereaved. Lord, they are all known to you. You share their suffering. Comfort them and wrap your protective arms around them. We shall pause for a moment of quiet so that we may, we may bring before our Father in prayer anybody in need or suffering who is known to us. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers. Lord God, thank you that your love for us is limitless. Even when we make mistakes and mess up, you are willing to forgive us and want the best for us. You are a wonderful Saviour, Jesus, who is both God and man. Amen. Thank you all. Would you please stand if you're able to? Christ is our peace. He has reconciled us to God in one body by the cross. We meet in his name and we share his peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you and also with you. So let's share with one another a sign of God's peace.
things come from you and of your own do we give you. We thank you Lord for your goodness upon us and we pray that these gifts and others would be used to build your church in Jesus name. Amen.
in our Eucharistic prayer today, we're going to be using a children's liturgy which we've used at Christ Church before, and the responses as we go through, uh, some of which have a threefold pattern to them, and one of them is holy, 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 and the idea is that I will say the first holy, uh, the congregation, as in yourselves, will say the second holy, and then we all say the third holy, that is um, the pattern behind it. The Lord is here. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Holy, holy, holy. It is always right to give you thanks, God our Creator, loving and faithful, holy and strong. You made us and the whole universe and filled your world with life. Holy, holy. You sent your Son to live among us, Jesus, our Saviour, Mary's child. He suffered on the cross. He died to save us from our sins. He rose in glory from the dead. Holy, holy. You send your Spirit to bring new life to the world and clothe us with power from on high. And so we join with the angels to celebrate and sing and say, Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Father, on the night before he died, Jesus shared a meal with his friends. He took the bread. He thanked you. He broke it. And gave it to them, saying, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this to remember me. After the meal, Jesus took the cup of wine. Again, he thanked you. He gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood, the new promise of God's unfailing love. Do this to remember me. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Fathers, we bring this bread and wine and remember his death and resurrection. Send your Holy Spirit that we who share these gifts may be fed by Christ's body and his blood. Amen. 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 Pour out your Spirit upon us that we may love one another, work for the healing of the earth and share the good news of Jesus as we wait for his coming in glory. Amen. 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 For all honor and praise belong to you, Father, with Jesus, your Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. 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 And we join together to pray the prayer that Jesus himself has taught us to pray, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, 
your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that Christ died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. So we'll continue our normal custom of sharing the bread from the middle table and the wine from either side. The non-alcoholic wine will be on that side of the church, and you will be guided forward. close like no other 
I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend. And I have lived in the goodness of God. And all my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. And all my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so the goodness of God. God.
body of Christ, keep you in eternal life. Amen. And the blood of Christ, keep you in eternal life. Let's pray this post-communion prayer together. Father of all, we give you thanks and praise that when we were still far off, you met us in your Son and brought us home. Dying and living, he declared your love, gave us grace and opened the gates of glory. May we who share Christ's body live his risen life. We who drink his cup bring life to others. We whom the Spirit lights give light to the world. Keep us firm in the hope you have set before us, so we and all your children shall be free, and the whole earth live to praise his name through Christ our Lord. Amen. And let's lift to the Lord those who can't be here in church with us today. Father, we lift you those who are unable to be with us in person here this morning. We lift them to you, ask that you would bless them, be with them and pour out your healing presence, your spirit upon them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now before uh, our final song, our final hymn, we've got a, a farewell to say to uh, a couple of people who uh, have been at Christchurch for a long time. I don't know where I'm meant to be standing at the moment, probably in front of a camera. Um, and uh, we're saying farewell, very um, sad farewell, uh, to Jack and Hilary Parry, who are going to join Oxen Church, their local church. Um, do you want to come up, Jack and Hilary, and um, if you'd like to say a few words um, to us, and then we'll, as it were, say a few words to, to you to bless you as you go um, as well. So do, do come and share with us whatever you'd like to Thank you, Peter, and uh, it's obviously a, a, a sort of a bittersweet occasion, really. It's uh, with a lot of sadness that we will be uh, saying goodbye to friends uh, that we have made over the years, over 30 years here in Christchurch. But we moved to uh, our new home in Bowbrook about four and a half years ago, and we felt increasingly drawn to the community there. And as part of that, we feel that we should be part of the, uh, the church community at Oxen as well. And so we are uh, moving to be part of the congregation with, uh, with Charlotte Gompertz, uh, uh, who Peter knows well, and um, we're, we're looking forward to that. But as I say, we will, we will miss uh, you all. We won't lose touch. Uh, we're going to continue to be part of the uh, Sunbeams team that helps uh, out on a Monday with, with toddlers, and we, we look forward to continuing with that work as well. And, and finally... Um, we have a little gift for the church. Uh, most of you will know that uh, we've been very keen on encouraging the environmental response of the church and you as members over the years, and we've, uh, we're still working towards getting uh, Eco Church Silver Award. And as uh, helping towards that, uh, we've bought um, a few bird boxes. Uh, it's, not, it's, not a, it's not a sailing boat, as people It's definitely a bird box. There are, there are four of these and a couple of bat boxes as well. And John Ashton will, will kindly help to put those up around the, the church to encourage 
the, the wildlife around the church. So uh, it's, a, it's a new home for the birds and it's a new home for us mm -hmm. as well at Oxford. Thank you. Thank you. Wonderful. Oh, let me say. <laughs> it, it is a sad goodbye. I mean, uh, obviously, you've been here a lot longer than Debbie and I have been at Christchurch. Uh, it's over 30 years, apparently. So uh, they go way back with this church fellowship. And uh, they will have done many things I don't know about, obviously, over those years and have served in many ways, but of the, of the ways that they've served, I know they've served, and they will serve Jesus well, uh, where they're going, and, uh, and I know Charlotte, Charlotte said to me the week, uh, you know, when they come in, uh, at Oxen Church, they, you know, they will be serving, so I know they will be, and uh, they serve really well. Um, they have served lots, in lots of ways, welcome, got alongside families, uh, and many, many ways, Eco Church, the Sunbeams carries on, etc. One of the things I just want to say briefly is that Jack has sat with me in many meetings about the Cleveland developments over these years that I've been vicar here. And um, I won't say any more than that. I put exclamation marks at the end of that sentence. That's all I'll say. But Jack has, has done a huge amount there. And, uh, you know, that, that, whatever happens with that carries on. I don't know. Anyway, but they, both of them have served really, really well and loved so many people. And we love you. And, and we want to send you on your way you will, really well. It's a little gift from us to you there. Uh, do open that in your own time as a blessing from us. But I think it'd be good to pray for them uh, as send a blessing uh, with them as they go. So if you'd like to come up and pray for Jack and Henry, come on up now. We'll gather in the center there with a microphone and uh, let's be praying God's blessing on them as they uh, uh, worship at Oxen Church. So do you want to move slightly more to the middle possibly? Yeah. And um, let's gather around them to pray for them. Hopefully this will be on. If you'd like to pray aloud, just indicate. Thank you. Father, we thank you um, so much for Hilary and for Jack. We thank you um, for their many gifts. And um, one of the things that has really stood out for me is the, the way that they have um, welcomed uh, people who have come to this church. So often I to be diligent, to be committed, 
to serve wholeheartedly. And Lord, I thank you that they've known you in increasing measure over these decades at Christ Church. And Lord, I pray for what you have for them in Oxon Church Fellowship and in the ministry around where they live. Father, I pray that you take them on and lead them step by step and give them joy and courage with whatever is going on, with whatever they're doing and whoever they're with. And Lord, I pray most of all that you would grace them with favour and peace in their new place of worship and that they would know and see you more in every day of their life over in that place. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege and the honour that we've had with them being here in Christ Church. And Lord, we pray for the fullness of your blessing on them as they leave us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So, Father, we bless them as they go. And Lord, we know they're going to be helping in some ways, and we, we, we thank you that they will be helping there to give them that uh, on Monday mornings. And we, we pray that you would go ahead of them all over the So let's sing our final song, To God Be the Glory, Great Things He Has Done. Let's stand to sing together.
So may the love of the Father, the tenderness of the Son, and the presence of the Spirit gladden your heart and bring peace to your soul this day and every day. Amen. Amen. And so we go in peace to love and to serve the Lord. In the name of Christ. Christ.